I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome all, episode 64 of The Sportive. I'm your MC, Brandon Yotis B. With me this week, John has returned. Hi, John. I, I'm back, everyone. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, we're happy to have you. It's going to be a lot more fun making fun of you with you around. It was kind of fun just listening to you guys make fun of me and speculate about my personal life on the podcast. I really sort of enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, we did, too. That's a win-win. Uh, also here tonight is Clarence. Hi, Clarence. What's up, fuckers? And hello, Newman. Hey guys, Steve Newman from Minnesota Public Radio. How's it going? Uh, John? Yes? Hey, um, I saved up a joke for um, this week since you were here about your wedding. All right, hit me with it. Okay, instead of like a best man speech, are you just going to have like various people from the wedding party come up and talk about how gopher hockey goalies have disappointed them? <laughs> what anyways, do? Rob Stauber has let you down. Instead of a instead of a best man speech, Dave is just, just a list a, of soft goals. He's just going to do a podcast with me. We're going to have a half hour <laughs> podcast episode all about sports. That sounds awesome. fantastic. Thank you. Um, I, I'm I'm going to be there. It sounds like fun. Yep, Stu is the only podcast person who's going to be there. Brandon selfishly was unwilling to fly across the country just for my wedding. I can't quite understand why. I'm very sorry. I feel terrible. And I just realized today that the reason Clarence isn't coming is because we're having Chipotle for the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't think that. I know you guys said at the end of the last podcast that wasn't the reason, but we all know it's that's clearly the reason. So. the reason. If there was uh, if there was prime rib, wild horses yeah. couldn't keep him away from that. Reception. I'd already be there. I'd already be there. I'd be camped out like I'm Best Buy at Christmas Eve. You'd have the uh, the napkin tucked under his shirt collar. <laughs> pounding on the table with his uh, knife and fork in each hand. I honestly never thought of that, but if I had, I would have just been like, you know what? There's no point in inviting Clarence to this wedding. Yeah, save it. Save the invite. I do feel... We'll talk about it post-production. Oh, green room? You want to talk about the green room? Yep. Alright, that makes sense. Um, Okay, there goes goes Stu. Stu has to attend a family family business. (laughs) His daughter is... Something's going on with his daughter and her phone... Yeah. 
right. we're just gonna go ahead and mute, mute Stu there. We'll mute. The we'll thing, mute him. Yeah. I really enjoy having Stu on the computer instead of on the phone, but now he regularly has family matters. To <laughs> yeah, and it's also you know he just wouldn't chime in for you know uh, past ones. I thought maybe he was just listening intently. Now that we can see him, he very clearly just gets up and leaves for like a half an yeah. hour at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he didn't have anything to add. He just is not there for most of it. I know. I just... Well, and you think maybe it's an emergency or something. No, you'll just see him wandering by like a <laughs> magazine under his arm. He's just having <laughs> yeah. a smoke. Yeah. He's just not... Looking out the yep. window, itching his belly. <laughs> not a care in the world. <laughs> no Up on a ladder, down. he's cleaning yep. out his gutters. Yeah, he's yeah, pointed at the window. Why are you doing that? Weird time. What a weird time. Right now, playing catch with his daughter out there. <laughs> Half hour later, he comes back. Hey guys, Fleetwood uh, Mac. <laughs> oh god, I don't know why that hit me. Oh boy, I guess I really liked that. You <laughs> didn't expect to. Oh boy. All right, uh, now that we've had fun, John, let me ask you a question, a, a hard-hitting question, if we can. Is it Sir Klinsman or Lord Klinsman? <laughs> what are well, we supposed to... I don't want to upset the second coming here of our Lord and I Savior. Think I think we don't, have, we don't have sirs in America. We don't have lords. We just have the highest, the highest nickname that anybody can be given, which is Coach. Just call him Coach Klinsman. Now he's Coach, huh? You know how, like, you, if you grew up in a small town, the high school football coach, everybody just called him coach? Like, or, know? like, the uh, bumbling fucking idiot on Cheers. Yep. Yeah, exactly. he was called coach, too. Too soon. Mm-hmm. A little too soon, Clarence. Yep, way too soon. That hurts. That hurts bad. Um, no, um, so let me ask you, John, in your opinion. Um, well, let's start with just the Portugal game. Um, mm-hmm. Give me your feedback on how we're supposed to feel about that, because we don't know any better. We're not sure. I still can't figure out quite how to feel about it myself. Because when the game started, if you had offered me a 2-2 tie, I would have taken it for sure, because tying Portugal was sort of how everybody imagined the U.S. getting through the group. Yeah. It's, yep. Everybody thought, well, they'll, they need to beat Ghana, they need to tie Portugal, maybe need to tie Germany, or they just need to keep it close against Germany and they'll be able to go through with four points. Instead, they're, you know, they're down early in the game. Terrible mistake by Jeff Cameron. They're down Jeff early. Cameron, let me... It let looks me, like they never... Let me just run that back. The ball went right to him, and he was trying yep. to kick it out one way, and it just sort of flipped over his head right to the other guy. Is that right? Like, what the there fuck is, happened? There was, at the time, no Portugal player anywhere near him. He was not <laughs> under pressure. He, If he had just stood there and not kicked the ball, everything would have been totally fine. Mm-hmm. But what he tried to do was kick the ball very far, and what he did was kick it 180 degrees from where he was aiming it, and it went right to a Portugal player. That is a special brand of... Idiocy. Incompetence. It's just a special brand of screw-up that is been unrivaled by almost anything i've ever seen from a u.s soccer player before yeah i can see that and one other thing that i don't know if it's just a soccer thing or maybe we're all all being very supportive people seem to just be more sad in general than decide they were going to murder him when he comes back to the u.s there just seemed to be a little bit less finger pointing even though it was only that guy's fault 
Is that like a credit <laughs> to soccer or are people just just so upset just in general that they didn't even have time to, to fucking scream at him? I mean, I feel like he should be a bigger goat than like Bartman. Uh, there's some of that, and I think it'll be sort of one of those things that nobody ever forgets. Mm-hmm. To go away, to go back, it'll be like Jeff Agu scoring an own goal in 2002, or oh Jesus, don't remind me, kicking the ball straight up in the air and having it land on his own penalty spot and giving away against, a penalty against Ghana. My God, one of those things that soccer fans remember. You guys don't remember it, obviously. unforgettable. But everyone else will remember the you time. We would be making this up right now. We would not know the ball anybody. backwards. I see himself. it in my nightmares. It's a, it's a little bit like Brian Rafalski losing track of Sidney Crosby at the 2010 Olympics. You guys don't remember it, but I still wake up screaming about it. <laughs> I do because you've brought it up six or seven times in this podcast. Yes. So I don't think there's a reason to stop bringing it up. Well, I mean, happiness. So anyway, at that point, the U.S. is down one nothing. They're playing in the rainforest. It's 2,000 degrees. The humidity is 453%. And basically at that point, it looked like the U.S. would never score because Portugal just started. Portugal got the ball back and basically spent the next 10 minutes just playing keep away. And like with their hand on the U.S.'s forehead, like your older brother might do to you. Sure. And just absolutely tormenting you. And it looked like it was just six to nothing. So at that point, it was just despondent that we were going to get beat five to nothing. So when they came back and scored a goal and then scored another goal to go ahead, then it was a complete switch of the field to say, all right, as of right now, they're already in the knockout round. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. And then just the knife in the heart of Portugal scoring in the 147th minute or whatever. Yeah, so how many people um, are to blame for that breakdown? Um, is it just a couple guy? one guy was assigned to him and he slowed up for some reason thinking it would take a miracle and then that miracle happened? Or was it obviously Michael Bradley started it by not being able to keep it, which is I understand. But there's still so many other yep. things had to go wrong after that, you know? Yeah, a lot of people are blaming Michael Bradley for giving the ball away. A lot of people are, well, many fewer people. The fewest of all of the people are blaming Demarcus Beasley for backing off on Cristiano Ronaldo and letting Ronaldo get a cross in, which, even though Ronaldo was hurt and basically spent the whole game standing completely still, is fair enough because if you're DeMarcus Beasley in that situation, the last thing you want to do is get beat by Cristiano Ronaldo and let him beat you. So he sort of backed off, let the cross come in, and then you've got two defenders. Cameron was one of them. He was the one who ended up being three steps behind him. You could also blame the right back, Fabian Johnson, for not tracking the runner in front of him and just the both of them not communicating and just letting the guy split the defense basically. So you could assign blame to all four of those. I chose to blame Cameron just because I wanted to blame Jeff Cameron because I was so mad at him. Most people I think blame Michael Bradley. I think in part because he was terrible against Ghana and it's fun to blame Michael Bradley, but you could have blamed a lot of people. Okay. Um Clarence? Yes. Um, I think you would agree that the blame goes to the coach. A hundred percent. Thank you. Sorry, I'm trying just... to let uh, John and Brandon, you know, revel in their Klinsman uh, boners and give them some time. Let them enjoy this. This the World Cup is their time. Um, and not Rena, you know, Rena and their parade. Well, it's yeah. 
it's clear, clear as day to, to those of us that, that know, you know, you know, know the, the sport, game, you know, live it and no breathe coach. it. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. fine. No, I'll just keep going guys. I've, I've stayed relatively <laughs> silent to keep, keep uh, lapping at Klimsman's well. butthole like a cat lapping at a saucer of milk and we'll, we'll get there. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tear it all apart here in a few, well, mi- like, few hours. Like, they can hear, like anybody can hear you with the sound of the water they're carrying for drinking Klimsman Yes. There's some Malaysian farmer with a stick over their shoulders <laughs> into a bucket on each side up the hillside. There, there you go. Ah. Uh. The funny thing is about the two games the U.S. has played is that they got pretty much completely outplayed against Ghana and won. Yeah. And except for maybe the first 15 minutes and the last 10 minutes against Portugal, they pretty much comprehensively outplayed Portugal and got a draw. So That was what I was going to ask you next. Um, Portugal is supposed to be a much better team than Ghana. Is that not? Is that right? That's true, but it's a little bit... It's a little bit hard to compare teams across continents, if that makes sense. Okay. Portugal doesn't play a lot of African teams. Ghana doesn't play a lot of European teams. So you're sort of stuck stuck with these rankings that don't include a lot of crossover games. It's a little bit like college football when you're trying to compare SEC teams to Pac-12 teams and stuff like that. You can say, well, Ole Miss played... Arizona pretty close, and that's the only crossover game we have between the two conferences. Yeah, so small sample size. Which theater. of those conferences is actually better? And you don't really know until they come up against each other. That said, I think Ghana will probably beat Portugal tomorrow. I think that's the most likely result. Ghana's look pretty good, and Portugal haven't. And Ronaldo is clearly not himself and is completely hurt. And against the U.S., he would get the ball and. He might pass it to a teammate or he might try a shot, but when he didn't have the ball, he literally did not move the entire game. Well, he was offsides like was, four times for some reason because he just wasn't yep, if, he wasn't uh, agile enough to to get on you know get on sides. And he also had like four or five, well, at least two or three that I remember point blank shots that didn't even hit the even close to the net. He was mm-hmm. off in so and many he, ways. He is, he is hurt. He's not himself, and obviously right. that helped the U.S. an awful lot against Portugal because he is the best player that Portugal has. So then, if Ghana wins, we're we're golden, right? For the uh, probably. <laughs> well, if Ghana wins, it all depends on what we do against Germany. If Ghana wins and we lose by five to Germany, we're out. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, that makes sense. So, so my my opinion about uh, Klinsman's job was. They had just seemed so inconsistent because they had, you know, gotten outplayed in the worst team and played better than the better team. But it's not so much inconsistent as it is we're just not sure how good those other teams are. So in your estimation, um, has Klinsman been good or has he been amazing? Just those are the only two options. Good or amazing? <laughs> uh, I think he's been good. He, he, he outcoached Portugal for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know, I don't know about the Ghana game, but well, that was a tie. US, was 50, the U.S. had a much was much better set up against Portugal than anybody, and it Portugal didn't have an answer for what the U.S. did, which was basically just close off the middle of the field and overrun the both in midfield and the center of the field in terms of vertical, and Portugal didn't have an answer for that, and Ghana Ghana was a little bit. 
a little bit better because they managed to harry the U.S. in the losing ball a lot. Portugal wasn't going to press them because they don't exactly play that way. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit. It was a little bit of a different team, but the U.S. looked like a different team. They looked like they teams from completely different World Cups in the first two games. Yeah, yeah. No, I I could even as a not very smart viewer, it looked like they absolutely smoked Portugal. Um. So, which is good. But Germany's an entirely different basket of fish as well. So, okay. So let's hear about Germany. What do you think the keys are? What are the odds that they can come out with at least a draw? Let's hear it. I want to talk Germany. That's huge. It's the biggest game in how, I don't know how long for soccer. This is this is your dream, John. This is it. You got to shine. Know if it's the biggest, shine bright like I a don't diamond. Know how long for soccer? But this is like this is like timber sports for people who are really into chainsaws. <laughs> there you go. There that's how big be, this is. That's how there big must it is. That's exactly. In, in the whole totality of space and time, there must be people who are really into the lumberjack games or whatever they're called. Like writing oh, yeah. blogs about it, doing podcasts. They're probably there. They're camping out. You know, they got the pop up camper. They drove all the way across the country to Sturgis, South Dakota, or wherever the lumberjack games are. Coming they're to you live from Minot, North Dakota. Yeah, they're loving it. It should be in Rugby, North Dakota, next to the Rugby World Championships. Yeah. It's right? truck Anything? nuts in the clamshell here for Rock 95.5. <laughs> Sorry. I, I can't even no get clearance with Rugby, North Dakota, huh? Uh, truck nuts in really, the clamshell. He really is tuned out of the World Cup stuff. Yeah, it's sad. No, but Germany, um, I, it, it's a little hard. It, it's a little hard to hope for Germany to be Germany to be unprepared because you know they're going to be prepared. Uh, pretty much everyone agreed that Jurgen Klinsmann outcoached Portugal. That's not going to happen against Germany. They they know about Jurgen Klinsmann. They know about the U.S. They're they're going to be prepared. They they are sort of famous for in a way playing without any strikers and with six midfielders. That's probably going to happen again. Uh, Tomas Mular was hurt was injured in the in their second game against Ghana, but he'll be back for the third game. He's the closest thing to a real striker they have, other than uh, Miroslav Klosa, who is the leading tied now tied for the leading scorer all the time at the World Club. But he's 49 years old. He came on as a sub in the last one because Muller got hurt, but he's probably not going to start unless Germany's just feeling crazy. And I think a lot of people are sort of hoping in a way that it's just going to be sort of a boring draw because mm-hmm. both Germany and the U.S. will go through. Yeah, I'd take but it. Something, something I actually wrote about on the blog a little bit is that when you start looking forward to the knockout round matchups, there's a fairly big advantage to finishing first in this group versus finishing second. If you finish second, you're going to be in a group, prob- you're probably going to play Belgium, who is sort of the dark horse tournament favorite. And even if you win that one, you're going to play the winner of Argentina and Switzerland, and those are both good teams. Obviously, Argentina's almost playing at home, so they are one of the strongest teams, and they have the best player in the world. That's a tough group. The other one, if you win the group, you're probably going to play Algeria or Russia in your first game, both of whom are, yeah. Yep. And after that, you got the winner of France and Nigeria. Nigeria aren't great. They sort of snuck in being in an easy group. And France have looked awfully good, but they're France. So, they'll fuck it up somehow. Yeah, you never yeah. know what's going to happen there. Too many baguettes, yeah. they'll load themselves yes, down. Yes, do. 
Um, I had read somewhere, perhaps it was the internet, that uh, if uh, the U.S. does play Russia, that game would be on July 4th. Oh, my God. <laughs> How awesome would that be? Um, that is not correct, I'm sorry to tell you. Oh, man, that's too bad. No. I mean, that, you, you think the ratings tomorrow are going to be good, and they're going to be very good, but U.S. Russia 4th of July? Son of a bitch. It's a movie <laughs> right there. It's living a movie. I'd be so drunk. Oh not, God, not so drunk. There are not enough fireworks in Wisconsin. There are not enough. If the U.S. So drunk. If the U.S. was oh play on July fourth, it would be against France or Nigeria. Those are the oh, only two is, teams that get the ball. Damn you, it's fine, but that's Damn not, you. But not. Uh, oh, that's too bad because that would that would just be about perfect. The USA and France on July fourth wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, well, I'd still get drunk. But it's not the same as USA Russia. Yeah. What, I've, I mean, I've, I've read the history of the Maginot Line. It really wouldn't be that interesting. <laughs> You've read the history of the Maginot Line? Well, yeah, it was a bad idea. Oh, sorry. There. I forgot. There. You work at Minnesota Public Radio now. There. <laughs> I saved you a click there, John. Yeah. The Maginot Line was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, you know how the you know how the Germans defeated the Maginot Line? They walked around it, John. Well, they found a soft spot and ran right through it, just like mm-hmm. the U.S. needs to do with the German defense tomorrow. Oh, uh, good, good callback. Way to bring it back. Way to bring it back. Smart. That is my best segue ever. I quit. Oh, boy. That's it. That'll do. Nice having you. Um, so you are thinking that the odds of a draw are not as much as the rest of us who think it's almost definite, huh? No, I don't think there's going to be a draw, but... At the very least, I think both teams will push for a win. I don't think it'll be sort of a boring, agreed-upon 0-0-1-1 kind of draw kind of thing. Because okay. both teams have both teams have something to play for. Well, yeah. My hope, my hope all along was sort of that Germany would have beat Ghana in the last game and have already qualified and have a reason to back off the gas and play some subs and the U.S. would be able to keep it close or get a draw or otherwise back their way into the second round. That's not going to happen now. But you know what? I guess it doesn't matter. Germany's not unbeatable. Ghana proved that. So Why not us? Why not now? He was right. Can't some um, very caring American that is in attendance somehow do something to the field that will delay our match by like three, four hours? So we can watch the other game and then have some sort of idea. Maybe Germany at that point will have for sure qualified and then we'll know. So what you're saying is you want a minor terrorist attack. Minor. Minor and temporary and nobody gets hurt. Just somehow fuck up the field in a certain way. You know, there are a lot of protests in Brazil right now. One of them could conceivably delay the game a little bit. And you want, like, the soldier to... field grounds crew to show up and work on the turf, is what yeah. you're saying. Yes. And you have to ask yourself, why do we even have a CIA if not for things like this? Doesn't make any sense to me. Shut them down. My tax there's dollars no... are going to nothing. There's no reason not to put the CIA on this. So, President Obama, we know you're listening. Of course. Give him a call. That would be beautiful, right? Because the the schedule is a real bitch that we don't get to know the results of that game because or am I does that that game matters for sure, right? 
Yeah, that game absolutely matters, and that's, that's the reason that they played them at the same time because fuckers they had an incident. Might have been, I think it might have been at the 1982 World Cup where sure. one one set of teams knew that a draw would send them both through, so they basically just passed the ball back and forth through each other the whole game. Oh no, shit, really? Yeah. I did not know that. What uh, do we oh. know? What who it was? Or this has probably happened a million uh, times. So, I think it was West Germany and somebody, but I can't say that for sure. Fuckers. It makes sense though. You can type it into Google. You'll find it, folks. Yeah, oh, we're not going to though. I have no interest. But you in know. That. that said, the last World Cup, Spain and Chile went into the last game knowing that. Uh, if Spain won two to one, they'd both go through. Guess what happened? Really, good to know. Okay, wow. that's good. But I don't. All of that said, I don't think that's going to happen. Germany has a reason to win. The U.S. has a reason to win. They'll both be pushing, especially if the Ghana Portugal game isn't looking like it's going to be a draw. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Let me ask you, it, it seems pretty obvious that this World Cup is a lot more popular than the 2010 World Cup. Yes? Do we agree on that? I think it probably is, yeah. Ratings-wise yes, and... I think so. Ratings-wise, for sure. So as a soccer wonk, has anything changed to make it more exciting? Or is it just a thing where enough people have to have gotten familiar with it and it took this many years. Is it is is this the same tournament as it was in 2010? Is it more exciting? Have rules loosened up or changed? Or is there more international stars? Or, or what is it about this year, if anything? Well, the rules haven't changed. The time zone changed a little, which helps. The last one was in South Africa, so all of the games were, I think, at 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. or something like that. I can't quite remember. No, that maybe sounds right. Noon, maybe 9 and 11, something like that. Whereas this year they've all been at two or at five or at eleven. Uh, the not, these this last round of games, all the games are at eleven and three. So it's sort of it's sort of in a time when it's easy to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Whereas there have been other World Cups. Two thousand two comes to mind when it was in Japan and South Korea when the games are all at two thirty a.m. or seven thirty a.m. or something like that, right. which makes it real difficult for people here to follow. So that obviously has something to do with it. Um, I think more than anything, people are just ha- have followed the U.S. team more closely. I think every World Cup that has happened since probably 2002 going on, there have been more and more people who have become not necessarily soccer fans, but at least people who have followed along in some way with the U.S. soccer teams. That sort of goes for both the women and the men, but the men especially that we're talking about right now. There, it's sort of that groundswell of fans building on fans upon fans upon fans that when you get around to an event like this, people are genuinely interested. And as far as soccer in general, it's better covered now. There's more people who are interested in it. I mean, ESPN is not covering the heck out of this World Cup just because they love soccer so much that they can't stop themselves. Yeah. Obviously, there's an interest yeah. among viewers. Obviously, there's an interest among advertisers to market to the people who are watching soccer. Obviously, those people are there. Anybody who who has been watching soccer for a while knows that ESPN has not always been great about covering soccer. It wasn't too long ago, 2002 and 2006 last. 2002, it was basically still a joke to ESPN. They had the games on their network, and you'd watch SportsCenter, and their anchors were like, hey, soccer! 
isn't this stupid? I bet it was nothing, nothing. Ha 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 Now it's 12 years later, and it's no- you turn on ESPN these days, it's nothing but the World Cup. Even in the evening when there's no games going on anymore, they're showing World Cup Extra or World Cup Extended Highlights. It's sort of crazy for those of us who have watched it for a while. Because it's total change from the way it was. Well, it's crazy, but it still just uh, just doesn't make any sense to me why this is the year. You're, I guess I just brought up 2010 because that's what I remember watching. But the sport hasn't changed since when, right? For the years, sport? it's it's been the same damn sport. It's not like golf got popular when Tiger Woods was around. So that makes sense to me, right? Soccer is popular now because why wasn't it popular in 1978 or 80? I mean, what was what is it about recently? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's well, great, think... but like, what was wrong with the previous generation that they didn't? I don't know. Are we just like that much better than the past generation? Please answer yes. No, we're smarter. Okay, yes. We understand we're, nuance. We're, we're better looking. That's absolutely the reason. Yep. Okay. But... Good. The end. <laughs> I I think it's one of those things that it's just sort of a virtuous cycle. Things build on each other. You get interested in a World Cup now. When I you know when I became a soccer fan, you really had to work to be a fan of a team from overseas. Now every English league game is on NBC or on the computer. It's bullshit! It's too easy now. You had to walk uphill both ways to the bar that had the. And match. I'm not even saying that because obviously. It, even back when I started becoming a fan, the games were on. They were on the Fox Soccer Channel and stuff, and they were sort of hard to find, and they were on tape delay, but they were on. Now it's all live. ESPN covers the English League like it actually means something. They cover the English League better than they cover Major League Soccer. And so all of these things just sort of build on themselves, and there's more Major League Soccer teams around, so there's more markets in which people have a local soccer team to root for. There's more second division soccer teams around. There's more third division soccer teams around that are taking it seriously. Right. There's a lot of a lot of things, a lot of components that all build on each other. And I think what you're seeing is the first one where they're all sort of coalescing about soccer being not taken not taken as a novelty, but taken seriously as something that people are actually interested in. More it's even it's even less like the Olympics. The Olympics are sort of a long excuse for NBC to do soft focus features about overcoming adversity. Yeah, jerk-off motion, jerk-off motion. Yeah, there's sort of a, of it. Sort of a, a <laughs> soap opera disguised as sports. And for a long time, the World Cup was sort of a a story about about what might or might not be happening in America and two sports fans disguised as a soccer tournament. But this year, it's mostly just about soccer. And who's playing this way, and who's playing that way, who's playing well, who's playing poorly. And that, obviously, is a change, I think. It also used to be a novelty of, um, look at how seriously other countries take soccer. And then it was always like these fields in Africa of little six-year-old kids running around with a soccer ball. And it was really just sort of introducing us to the sport. Now it's like, all right, got to try to win this thing, motherfuckers. This is serious. (laughs) Which is good, you know? Certainly different. It's well, it's gone yeah, from to maybe uh, go to Brandon's point about where did this come from. But remember, um, Super Bowl one was like simulcast, so you get more people to watch it because it was on like two different. It was like on ABC and NBC. Really? And it wasn't a sellout. Yeah, and it wasn't a sellout. The game did not sell out. So I mean, and then obviously it is what it is now. And 
yeah. at some point the switch just flips, and I think this might be 2014 is when the switch is flipping into America. America, I think. Thing, I just feel like logically thing, I, I can not know, but I think that's yeah. what's happening. Good way the to couch thing it. That I want to couch point it. out is that sports in general are more popular than even they were six years ago, ten years ago. It wasn't too long ago that the Twins couldn't draw anybody. It, that most baseball teams, if they were regularly filling more than half their stadium, you were like, wow, their attendance is awesome. Yeah. Look at all the people they got for this game. Yeah. And now when you see an empty park, it's like, my God, what's happening in Miami? Yeah, move on. How come nobody's there? Whereas <laughs> it wasn't too long ago where that was the norm for most baseball teams where it was like, well, I'm surprised that they got anybody to show up. Like when Cleveland opened Jacobs Field, they had 400,000 straight sellouts or whatever. Yeah. That was a shock to people because it's like they sold out a baseball game. Nobody goes to baseball Yeah, games. regular season. You're right. Yeah, nobody goes to regular season baseball games. And now that is the norm. Like it's a story that Target Field stopped selling out. It's normal for people to expect that everybody's at baseball games. And it's normal to see huge local ratings for baseball games. Whereas before I was like, well, I guess they got a few people to view them. Sports, yeah. for for whatever reason, whether it's just because there's more of them on TV now because it's one of the last things you can tell advertising about, or whatever the reason, sports in general are more popular than they've ever been, and soccer is not immune to that. It's just another sport that's in part of this sports groundswell. I think that's the thing. That makes more sense to me than anything else that we've talked about because you're right about the NFL not being that popular, but I think you can make an easy argument of like, the forward pass and you know passing be- became more common and that opened up the game and made it a lot more fun. Um, basketball in what even the seventies was like on tape delay, the championship. But basketball now compared to basketball then the rules have changed so much it's barely recognizable. I feel like I could be wrong here and this is my original question. If you watched a soccer game in the seventies or eighties, it's similar to watching it now. Like there's hasn't been a whole lot of rule changes or. So that's been the thing that's always just sort of got me of like, why is it? It's not any more exciting now um, than it used think, to be. Yeah. I think soccer's but... undergone the same sort of revolutions that other sports have in terms of the players being in better shape. It, I mean, yeah. As with, sense. it's sort of like baseball in the 90s, even the early 90s. It was like, well, now that we're in the season, I better switch to light cigarettes and light beer. Yeah. Because. That is how I'm going to be healthy. And who obviously... is that big giant guy who won Rookie of the Year? Uh, uh, Bob Hamlin. Is that his name? Bob Hamlin. Bob Hamlin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a thing that happened. And we didn't even laugh about him being a big fat guy. We we're like, yeah, that's all right. Play for space. Yeah, cool. We're all we're all focused on his giant glasses. That's right. <laughs> he had like pharmacist glasses. Pharmacist <laughs> slash serial killer in NCIS yeah. glasses. Are you a size 14? I mean, that has changed in soccer in the last 20 years, too. It wasn't that long ago that going drinking was your basic team training activity. Okay, that makes sense. You'd run laps for like 10 minutes, then you kick the ball for like 10 minutes, and then you go to the bar. Call it a day. That does sound pretty fun. That's you practice in soccer. And that's not true anymore. And so the games have gotten better. They've gotten more organized. It's less chaotic, but that's also true of all other sports you can't say that is why soccer has become more popular it's just because we are the the new greatest generation 
Well, fuck off, yes. old people. We I figured out that soccer was great. Yes. There we go. Speaking of the greatest generation, what happened to Clarence? Clarence? Right here. All right, do you um are we ready to let Clarence uh get his rocks off, yell back at us about uh <clears throat> our Lord and Savior Jurgen Christ? I'm ready if, if John, you are you okay with this? John, do you want to Yep, I'm ready. Okay. What's I'll your what's your fucking problem, TV Clarence? Right That's question number 1. No, no, I'll be asking the questions here, Brandon, <laughs> and there won't be any yelling. There'll be simple uh yes or no questions of John, and there will be no equivocations. Or maybes. There's simply so yes or no questions. So you want yes or no? Gotcha. Yes or no. I'm just I'm going to think of these on the fly, but I think that might be the easiest way of getting this done. Sure. Yeah, this Did. isn't fair. This is not fair, John. You do not agree to this because he's going to ask leading questions. This is bullshit. No, I just want to see where he's going. No, no. The, the prosecution. This is the prosecution's witness now, John. You, you made your case, up. John. You're going to lose this bad, man. John, I'm out. Uh, I'm out, bro. See where he's going. Overruled. John, John's got John's got a good chance at this. I don't know anything about soccer. John's the soccer guy. I'm just going to ask yes. You're only going to ask your questions. Did they or did they not? That's why the, the prosecution. God. Oh my God, damn it! It's, all right. Did Jurgen Klinsmann leave? Oh, what's the guy's name? <laughs> Jonathan Lipinski or whatever the fuck of that guy. Landon Lady Donovan. Cakes. Landy yeah, Cakes. Nikki, that's the one you're going with? Nikki, yeah. Did he leave Landon Donovan off the U.S. roster because, from, nope. because nope. he wanted to radically transform the way that U.S. soccer is played? No. Yeah, that a boy. Fuck yeah. Did Jurgen Klins does Jurgen Klinsman want to radically transform the way that U.S. <laughs> soccer is played? <laughs> I will say no. Uh, well, I will say I'll back up. Uh, the way it's been played is they have never done well. So continue. It'd be okay if you would have said yes there is my point. I'm wondering if radically isn't the sticking point. Does... <laughs> radically is the sticking point. Yes. <laughs> That's what I find. Does Jurgen Klinsmann want to significantly modify the way the U.S. men's national team plays soccer? Yes. He wants to make them good rather than bad. Did the U.S. men's national team play Jurgen Klinsmann's new style against Ghana? I would say no. Did the U.S. men's national team beat Ghana? <laughs> yes. There you go. You got a little momentum here. Did U.S. men's national team use Jurgen Klinsmann's new style more against Portugal? Hmm. Oh, just drawn That's into his web. Question. Just walking toward the spider web. Looks fine over here. I'm also going to say no. To did they one. use it more than they did <laughs> against Ghana? That's the question. Uh, <laughs> They lined up very similarly. They had many of the same players on the pitch. They played the style of, was the style of play more like what Jurgen Klinsmann wants 
Like more play against Portugal, more like what Jurgen Klinsmann wants. More offensive, attacking, running, that sort of deal? Possession? Did they, did they play differently? No. Did they play better? Yes. Did they play more like the style Jurgen <laughs> Klinsmann is looking for? He's going to wear you down by just repeating the question. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I see where you're going with this, but that's like saying... That's why I'm not asking you to equivocate. I'm asking, <laughs> asking simple yes or no questions. You've already answered in your sum, post-game summary. You should not have agreed so to this, John. I already know the answer. You never, ever ask a question you don't know the answer to when you're asking a witness. Uh, it certainly went better against Ghana, so I guess I'll say yes. Or, I mean, against Portugal, so I guess I'll say yes. Did they beat Portugal? Uh, no, they didn't. Rest my case. You're, wait, you don't have any other questions but that? That's your whole case? That's, I don't need any other questions. I think you do. That's uh, two games, and it's uh, process over results. Oh, Sounds pretty bad. <laughs> All that matters is results. <laughs> if, you, if you weren't aware in sports, it's a, it's a results-based industry. You either win or you lose. That's it. Results-based. Yep. The goal There's is no to process. try to There's win more often in the future than you lose. The goal isn't to feel good about yourself. And feel good at fucking pizza parlor that you played well. You either win or you lose. Yeah. They used Jurgen's Klinsman's style. They didn't win. They didn't use One his game. style. They won. That's In two it. games. And end of questioning. No, it's fine. Playing uh, for Coach Schwamptown in six-year-old soccer must be very hard. <laughs> I can't imagine. Just <laughs> smacking orange slices I out of their hands. I don't care if you had fun. Did you win or did you lose? <laughs> Well, that's okay. fine when you're talking um, about six-year-olds playing I, soccer. We're talking about... Soccer. We don't even have goals on the field. Professional soccer players. This is the World Cup. I thought this was supposed to be your big showcase. And it's good. I'm glad that it's being successful. But I don't want to hear about how great it is, about how well they played against Portugal. They choked. That's it. I, I want wins. They did choke. I don't want to feel good about that. Also, uh, fair to note on um, the process versus results front, it's a three-game elimination tournament, so maybe <laughs> results actually is... Kind of important. I, I, I'm, I'm so sympathetic to Brandon, you have no idea. But, I mean, it's a three... I mean, what so is it? So sympathetic to Brandon, but Clarence is right. No, we're trying <laughs> to... We're trying to look in the future to, to see if this is the best coach for us. The so future, let's look at the it's process. It's only every four years. This isn't draft the MLB draft. This is like we're not firing him tomorrow, right? We're trying to get a gauge on how they're going to do against I Germany so. in the next round. So the best way to do that is not to look at the results, but to look at the process of getting there. That's how if you do. If they that. lose to Germany tomorrow and do not make it out of Grupo de Muerta or whatever the hell it's called, Grupo de will Muerta. you will you call for Klinsmann's head? I will not. See, you're in the bag. Results oriented. <laughs> U.S. So, soccer will have finally arrived when people stop making excuses and expect results, rather than feel good about a strong effort. I am also like I don't give a shit about uh, feeling good, sympathy, excuses, whatever. I just think that you judge somebody on the process and not the results. That's how it works. That's how it should work. You spent your last twenty dollars on Earth on a lottery ticket, and you won the lottery. Was that a good decision? No, you got lucky. So try to think this of the actual decision luck. making. So 
basically soccer success is all about luck. That's not very nice, Brandon. <laughs> so for some reason, Ron Gardenhire is, uh, decides to pull you out of the stands to pinch run on the bottom of the ninth inning and you want a contest or something and you decide to try to steal second base and the ball is a wild pitch so you end up getting on second base was it smart for you to try to steal second base there you're comparing apples to ron gardenhire this isn't even <laughs> they're not even the same universe I'm saying I feel good about the Portugal tie, and I feel bad about the Ghana win, and I think that's fine because I watched the game, and I feel like the process of one of them was bad, they got lucky, and one of them was good, they got unlucky. Maybe not unlucky, but they played really well. So I feel good that's about that That's fair enough. And I'm saying if they don't emerge from this group, all of the questionable decisions that Klinsman has made will have failed. They should be made for advancing out of the group. Not for feeling good about a tie against Portugal. So let me ask you, and by you I mean John, because he probably knows. These has he really been that radical and making weird decisions and doing things differently? Because I don't know about. I mean, I honestly just don't know. Is it just the Landon Donovan thing, or is there other shit going on that I know he's like made some substitutions that were kind of unexpected at the end. I know those have worked out well, but has he done anything else that's like weird? It depends on what you mean by radical. He hasn't played 11 goalkeepers or anything like that and been like, guys, let's just see how this is going to work out. I want to try something here. Mm, that that is said, interesting. I think, I think one of the knocks on him has been that his team didn't didn't see the end goal in the process. It wasn't like, we're doing this, 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 and this in order to get to this. It's been more like... It's been more like having sort of a crazy person in charge of your company where he's like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. To make ourselves more competitive, we're going to all work on a boat from now on. Ah, they didn't where, show you. He, he's not showing you the slides of why. Is yeah. you're saying? You do, it's not a, it's not, it, it, the knock on Klinsman has been that he, hasn't, that he hasn't had a why. Now, the question, of course, is does he have a why and he's just not telling everyone or – does he not have a why and he's just doing things off the top of his head and nobody can tell? So in the sense, going back to the process versus results debate, the knock on Klinsman has never been the result because he's had good results. It's The knock has been, what is the process here? The and process is Klinsman, inconsistent or just not explained? Yeah, the process, the process seems inconsistent. Okay, all right. Now, well, now I don't like Klinsman, him. In Klinsman's mind, clearly the process he... The process that he's using is designed to get to an end goal in mind, but the the truth of that only exists in probably Klinsman's mind. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because from outside, people seem to look at it and say, well, I just don't understand this. They say things like, I don't understand not taking Landon Donovan to the World Cup. I don't understand inviting Timmy Chandler back into the squad when... For 15 months, he hasn't played for the U.S. I don't understand why he does these things. But since he doesn't explain those things to their satisfaction, they're reduced to coming up with their own reasons for why he does these things and imputing them onto him and saying, I think Jurgen Klinsmann did this because he loves German players and hates American players or something like that. I think that, that we lobbed I'm... Nazi out a few times. We yeah, lobbed we that did. out here on this podcast. <laughs> right. So... Because because there's they no other explanation though he's not telling us. Yeah, because his explanation for why things are don't make sense to people, then they're forced to make up their own and say, well, this must be it, and that's crazy talk. So you can argue about whether about who is the crazy person here, whether it's Klinsman who's crazy or whether it's the people that don't understand what he's trying to do that are crazy. Huh. Well, that makes yeah. all the sense in the world. If you if you go by the process, Clarence is right. The guy's a crazy man. But if you go by the results, they've been very successful under Jurgen Klinsmann. And what? even in this World it Cup, it seems so like far, the exact opposite. <laughs> We're arguing the exact opposite things. I'm trying to argue process and be on Klinsmann's side, which isn't working. And Clarence <laughs> no. is trying to argue results and be against him, which is also not working. What I'm trying to say Fuck. is, to people who follow the U.S. team, the process doesn't make intuitive sense. They don't look at it and say. That makes total sense that you left Landon Donovan off the squad because this, this, and this. This guy is an outside speed guy, and you're trying to get more of this or that, whatever. That doesn't. It okay. doesn't make sense to people. And the explanation that Klinsman gave is, well, uh, there were just some guys who were a tiny bit ahead of him, which doesn't make sense either. So when you look at that, you say, all right, he's doing things, and he has no idea why. He's right. just throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks. But... Just because you don't understand the process doesn't mean there isn't a process. And just because you don't understand the process doesn't mean that the process is working. And if you want to judge it objectively, you have to look at the results, which have been good. So, I mean, pre-World Cup, all the plan and all that other stuff has been Pre-World Cup, they've, they've been criticized for the way they've played a lot for doing dumb things a lot, but they qualified first for in CONCACAF for the World Cup. They won the Gold Cup last year. They beat Germany. They beat Italy. They beat Mexico and Mexico for the first time ever. Now, those last three, you can argue, while well, those teams were playing half-strength sides. That's true, but those teams have always played half-strength sides, half-strength sides in friendlies against the U.S., and the U.S. is still lost. Jesus. So... The results have all been good. The process just confuses people. Shit. I don't know what to think anymore, man. Well, You've got me all question, bugaboo. The question for you, Brandon, is <laughs> can you believe that a process you don't understand from the outside is a good process? I can if believe you... it, but part of the enjoyment of sports for me, at least me personally, is 
seeing it and understanding it and agreeing with it. We talk about it a lot with other sports as well. Um, I, I like when I know about it. I like when I can see it and almost sort of participate and like, that's why I like basketball so much. I can see why you, why you rebuild and why you need to, you know, salary cap, whatever else I get that stuff. And baseball, obviously there's so much strategy that goes into building a team. That's really fun to see. So if there was a team that we didn't know what the white Sox were doing, but they were good every year or, you know, we're, we're, we're competitive and we just couldn't see it. Are they going after on-base percentage guys? Are they going after fly ball hitters? Are they going after undervalued relief pitchers? Or are they drafting only high school, whatever? If we didn't see that, it would just – I would lose a tiny bit of like – that's part of the fun for me is the off-court, off off-field, yep. whatever you call it. And and here's the difference. You're, what most of us are used to are sports like baseball, basketball, football, or whatever – like baseball where we can see sort of the narrative and come up with a narrative that fits what's happening and see the process and it's judged 162 times a season. So you can look and say, well, the Twins made the decision to bring up Brian Dozier at this point mm-hmm. and here objectively is how he's done. So we can we can see the process, we can see the results, we can judge that narrative over a long period of time. And feel confident when we, when, we, when we talk about it. We feel confident that he got called up, he's out of options, that's stupid, he's whatever. Mm-hmm. Or he's young and makes, you know, we feel really confident every time we talk about baseball because we know it so well and it's so obvious. This... International soccer is incredibly weird because if you discount qualifying, which the U.S. at this point should do every time because they're the strongest or second strongest team in the region and they, the region has three qualifying spots. If you discount that there's basically four years of meaninglessness followed by two weeks where there's three games that are all that matters. I know, so it sucks. Trying trying to understand the narrative throughout those four years is kind of impossible because it's always focused on the World Cup. You're always saying, yeah, they won this, but how does this affect their chances at the World Cup? Okay. Results-based. Yeah. So if... Jurgen Klinsmann was coaching an MLS team. If he was coaching Sporting Kansas City, and you could see, here's how Sporting Kansas City looked in Game 1 of 2014, and here's how they looked in Game 34. Here's how the team has changed over that. I think this process that makes no sense to you would make a lot more sense just because it would be compressed into a season. I mean, look at the Twins. Most of their decisions, when they do them, you say, that makes no sense whatsoever. Right. What they've just done makes literally zero sense. Yep. How can this be part of a process? But because you have 162 examples throughout the season, you can force that into a narrative to say, well, that didn't make any sense, but then he was terrible for two weeks and they got rid of them, and that's 1% of a season or whatever. Right. It's like It would be like if the Twins played 159 exhibition games and then played a three-game series at the end of the year <laughs> to determine where they've been Oh, God, that sounds playoffs. terrible. Where you know, they just spent 159 games tinkering and trying to relief pitchers and stuff, and then they played the White Sox for three games at the end of the year, and that determined whether they made the playoffs or not. You would be infuriated for most of those 159 games because Ron Gardenhire would be trying, he, he would have relief pitchers start the game for three innings and then bring a starter, and he'd just be trying all sorts of weird crap. The second baseman's try, all over the field. Yeah, he plays six infielders and one outfield. Nine bunts in a row. Just to, see, just to see what would happen. And it would be absolutely infuriating <clears throat> because those games didn't mean anything. So God. that, I think, is 
that is the argument against the process in international soccer is that <sighs> it's impossible to see the process because you don't have meaningful games happening all the way along to be able to judge the process. For those of us <laughs> who are outside and don't understand the process that's happening from the outside. It's so deflating. Uh, John, let me ask you this. Did uh, Landon Donovan and Jurgen Klinsmann about 10 years ago or so have a sort of a falling out or something happened in Germany, in a German league Donovan was playing in? That, have you been upset? right now? No, I'm asking you this. It, <laughs> did he do something 10 years ago that upset Klinsmann? Um, well did documented. Did he love America too much? That's no, not no. Did, he went over to a Bundesliga or something. Donovan went over there and he then he did go over and play in Germany and sort of he didn't have a good time there. He came home sort of disappointed. A lot of people ripped him at the time because he didn't Soft. he didn't want to go overseas and improve. Himself. Whatever happened, but it it somewhat yeah. upset Klinsmann. It's, there's obvious that he it, Klinsmann was not happy about what happened. Clinton so, has always been about guys playing in the best league they can to develop themselves. To carry this Gardenhire analogy further, let's say that Ron Gardenhire was put in charge of picking a U.S. men's national baseball team, and there mm -hmm. was some equivalent of baseball to, to the World Cup. Uh, every four years, all, all the nations sent their baseball teams to this tournament. Let's and, say you uh, could call it a World exist. Baseball Classic. You could, but just that obviously fake, America doesn't particularly no. really care about it God, as no. much as the as the World Cup. Right. Uh, other countries care about the World Cup, so I'm trying to similar to the World Baseball Classic, but just envision the World Baseball Classic being like the World Cup, where yep. everybody cared. And Ron Gardenhire was in charge of picking the team. Now, let's say Kyle Loesch was inarguably one of the best pitchers. He's not, but let's say he's inarguably one of the best five pitchers in baseball, and you get to send five pitchers to this tournament. Like, nobody argues that Lowe should, should be on the roster, but Gardenhire doesn't pick him. And they well, ask him why, and Gardenhire offers kind of a mushy excuse. Nobody truly understands Gardenhire's excuse. Everybody would just kind of be forced to fall back on that Gardenhire just doesn't like Loesch from his time here at the Twins. He hit his door with a bat... Everybody would just say, that's the reason why. There's, there is no other reason why. Gardenhire hasn't provided a good excuse why. He just left him off the roster. So that is why people are falling back with Klinsman, just not liking what Donovan did 10 years ago, and that's the reason why he left him off the roster. He leaves people no other choice when he doesn't have a good excuse for what he's doing. So if you want to wonder why people don't like Klinsman, or why I don't like Klinsman, it's because he makes decisions like that. Leaving a, his best player off the roster simply because he hurt his feelings 10 years ago. Well, that's a horseshit excuse. That's, not, a, that's out, not an excuse at all. I should point out that Landon Donovan is not the best player on the U.S. roster. Nor never said that. I never once said that. What I said you was everybody... Said you literally no, this second said leaving yeah. your best player off the roster. Those words came out of your I mouth. I did not you say did that. Say I you. said... Rewind it back. Rewind it back. I did not honestly, say that. I said everybody... My God. On <laughs> the last podcast, I asked, or was it two podcasts ago, I asked if, was there any argument that Donovan was one of the best 23 soccer players in America? And you said no. That's basically what I said with about Kyle Loesch. Let's say he's one of the five best pitchers and you only get five. 
Well, Donovan's one of the best 23 American soccer players, and you only get 23. That's the analogy. I never said he's the best soccer soccer player. But he's one of the 23 best, and that's how many you get. And nobody has argued that. But it's weird that you fall on Klinsman not choosing Donovan as like this emotional a case of the sads and not. Mm-hmm. He probably just wasn't going to help him, and there's got to be a reason for it. I understand your point. Like, If he doesn't tell us why, that's kind of the only thing that we have to go on. That's my point. That's exactly my point. And if... If he had a better reason for it, then I'd be willing to listen. And if America was were to be doing better, the results were there, I'd be so more willing to listen. It's not so much you... about Donovan being he could have really helped the team. It's his explanation on why he didn't choose him. That's the sticking point on this. Right? I yes, John said he wouldn't he had be a better excuse starting or playing, right? Is that was the point of view? Uh, he wouldn't be starting, I don't think. He may have come in like Brandon, a, I think a I'm, I'll try to answer it better. I think it's the coach's job to take the best players, and is it uh, will it maybe make his job harder if he has a player there that he doesn't like but is more talented? Yeah, but you know what? You're, that's what the money's for. Your job isn't supposed to be easy. It's a hard job yeah. being the coach of a World Cup. You may not like the guy, but does he give you the best chance to win? Probably so you're going to have to pull through it. You two are going to have to come to some agreement to figure it out. You don't just get the guy, only have the guys you like. This is every four-year tournament. Yeah, it's going to make your job harder. Tough titty. You know, <laughs> um, the analogy I that's wanna, stuck I do want to make one point right now, and you, know, you can take this or leave this, Clarence, but one of the guys that people were surprised made the squad was DeAndre Yedlin, who is a right back for Seattle. He's 20 years old. He, the first MLS game he ever played was the first game of last year. Nobody could quite under... People were surprised that he was in the U.S. 30-man squad at all. People were more surprised that he made the 23-man squad, especially since Donovan got left off. In the game against Portugal, he Klinsman substituted in um, DeAndre Yedlin for um, Alejandro Badoya, who was playing out wide on the right at the time which was even more confusing because Yedlin usually plays right back, and he was putting him in as the right midfielder, basically, the right wing. Yedlin ended up setting up the U.S.'s second goal from the right wing position with a good run down the right-hand side. So if Donovan had been on the roster instead of Yedlin, you would have had Donovan in that role. But Yedlin was successful, so it's... It's a little hard to look and say they really needed Landon Donovan when somehow a guy that you can't figure out why he's on the squad, he's young, he's inexperienced, he's playing a position he doesn't normally play, still managed to succeed somehow. Even beyond the goal, he was actually just really good. He was really disruptive, I thought, like most of the match. Yeah, so I think as much as anything, DeAndre Yedlin is an argument against Donovan and an argument for Klinsman. That somehow... To me, the thing that I've always gone back to is, and it might not be a perfect analogy, but it's the best one I can come up with, is the 1992 uh, Basketball Olympics when Isaiah Thomas was left off. Do you remember that? There was like this crazy Mm -hmm. drama about that, and it was like he's clearly one of the best. Yeah, he's clearly one of the best 15 guys. And the point was he might be, but we don't need him. Uh, We've got other guys that fit into our system a little bit better. And this was this 
established guy who didn't even expect that this was up for debate that lost out. Um, and it's the only time they can really think of something similar happening. Um, uh, it's, it, I understand where you're going with it. I think the difficulty is America was amazing then. basketball, especially <laughs> didn't need him. I and mean, they're playing yeah. against countries that literally don't own a basketball. <laughs> like they don't, they don't own a basketball. They, so it's a little bit different. And shooting soccer balls basketball. into the garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not guys, perfect. It's the only thing I can think of though. So guys showing up wearing jeans. Like, what? <laughs> no, you don't. This is guys. Slovakia, you don't get to wear jeans out there. American blue jeans? Legitimate basketball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right. I'll, so. I'll, I'll try to give you another I'll try to give you another soccer example. For many years, England has had a collection of sort of superstars. They they tried to call themselves tried to call this sort of generation of players their quote unquote golden generation. And they spent fifteen years trying to figure out how to fit all these superstars into one lineup and they could never do it and they never made it past the quarterfinals of any tournament because they didn't actually play well together as a team they were just a collection of names that seemed like they'd be great together but never were sometimes it's not necessarily about having the best 11 players you can find it's about having the best 11 players for your system so it's closer to I'd basketball I'd like to give you regard. another soccer example is going to be on John's gravestone i think <laughs> just wait just hold on that is a perfect epitaph for my friend john there's like a I'd print like out every 10 minutes soccer example from his tombstone <laughs> no. of like another soccer example you just go to his tombstone yeah. and there's like a wave your hand in front right like a paper to towel dispenser <laughs> got a solar panel this runs for eternity it's like an eternal flame of soccer knowledge <laughs> mom you know, get over here can... it's just really boring printout <laughs> you can make fun all you want, but I just spent the last hour and a half talking about fairly deep soccer questions with you guys. So if my death is impending, well, I'm fine with that. I do think I it was inappropriate, it John, that you uh, masturbated the entire time. I can see you. I'm on the video. Not. I cool. thought I turned the video off. Not cool at all. Just too much masturbating. I didn't like it. Um, okay, so we feel... We're very uneasy about our opinion about the U.S. until tomorrow, and that will change everything. It's just four oh, years in the making. Win, I just hope they win, or I guess tie. Or, or I draw. Guess I think, don't or we say I guess draw, lose. John? Tie. Sure. Rube. Or they draw, lose, but they still saying. go through to the next round. One of those things. I just hope it happens. Okay. All right. Clarence, do you have anything else to yell at us about? No. Regarding this, at least? Nope. Okay, let's run through some other uh, some other sports if we care. Um, Good Lord, we have talked about this for an hour and fifteen minutes. My God, we sure have. <laughs> Correction: Brandon and I have talked about this for an hour and fifteen minutes. How the two of you aren't asleep by now is surprising to me. Well, Stu's been up taking walks. When you don't have to carry water, you can just sit back and relax. That's all it is. <laughs> Malaysian tobacco. We're getting farmer. paid for this, for by the, the way. <laughs> this is a write-off for me that hour. We had to make sure we hit at the 60-minute mark so we get paid. It's fantastic. Do you guys um, have any questions about the Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the basketball team? The draft Who are is, we going to draft tomorrow? The draft is tomorrow. We have the 13th pick. As far as I know, um, at the time of this recording, we still have the 13th pick. Um, most signs are, are pointing to a win. Are we trying to trade win. our pick? What's that? Are we trying to trade our pick? Um, no. 
No, I don't think Probably. so. But uh, with the Kevin Love um, sweepstakes going on, you never know if they only have that pick, if they pick up other ones, whatever. I don't think Flip is smart enough to do anything that's going to help us, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, most signs are pointing <laughs> to somehow trade Kevin Love for a worse first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. can see that. Like Kevin Love there's, is the 13th a... for the 19th pick? That can't be right. <laughs> there's a minute. very good chance tomorrow's Randball content for me will kind of touch on this topic. Oh, okay. Good. Well, don't give too much away, obviously. Um, no, no. Uh, most signs are pointing to them choosing a wing. There's lots of, uh, lots of options available uh, at that position. Gary Harris and Nick Stauskas are kind of my two favorites. But Doug McDermott, who knows? Dougie McBuckets could fall down. Um, and Zach Levine, 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 is the another guy from Maroon Five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This love is taking control of me. Yeah, yeah. kind of rubs me the wrong way. I mean, he's handsome. Don't get me wrong, but I just you know. He's got a really of... good J, though. I mean, he can shoot the fadeaway. Yeah, he just... can pick and pop. Okay. Adam Levine can pick and pop like nobody's business. Doug McDermott is that the guy from that was in Young Guns? Doug McDermott. No, I said Dylan uh, Dermot Mulroney. No, no, Dylan oh. McMoroney. No, Dermot D- M- Dylan. Dylan McDermott. Dermot Mc- is that the guy that uh, does Chop Dur- Canada? <laughs> Married to that gal from Nine Hundred Two and Zero. Yes, Dylan McGerbel. Garrett Dillahunt? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, th- I thought Giada Doug McDermott was a strange brew. Uh, it was Doug McDermott and Rick Moranis, right? Gavin Rossdale. I believe Doug that. Thomas. Doug Dave Thomas. Dave Wendy's Thomas, guy. who founded Wendy's yeah, and Wendy's died. Yeah. So the, but it really was Dave Thomas. The girl from Wendy's is probably going to be our first-round draft pick. Is where we land on that. that. Fresh summer salads. There's <laughs> there's really not a whole lot of intrigue tomorrow night, um, unless you're a diehard like me. I'm very, very excited. Um, no intrigue if you're a Wolves fan, is what I'm saying, um, just because it's not a high pick. And there's, for the most part, unless they uh, absolutely lose their minds, which of course they will, um, the pick will be one where the majority of fans go, yeah, I guess, I don't know. And that would be the same if it was Harris or Stauskas or McDermott or Levine or Payne or Rodney Hood or whoever else. That's that's going to be your reaction. It, it's going to be the reaction you had to Anthony Barr. Um, well, my reaction is at least we don't have a high enough pick to really screw it up and get made fun of. Exactly. It's just going to be a guy that you don't know until right. the season starts. Be like, Meh. Yeah. So it won't be that. Um the more pressing scenario is the love trade possibilities. Um, there has been some flame wars going on this week between the um, the stat geeks and the media guys, as usual, about um, Clay Thompson as a tra- as a potential trade partner. Um, and I don't want to get into it too much now, as we're like an hour and a half into this. But I don't want Clay Thompson at all. I'm upset about it. Um, I, don't, I just think he's um, not. He spells it with a K. That's that's good enough for me to be the end. Hedge my bets on him. The end. That's yeah, it. it's it's difficult for me to justify that. But he's this sort is of... going to be a stupid question. But Clay Thompson is related to Michael Thompson, right? It's his son. Yep. 
very close. And Michael related. Thompson is one of us. Yep. Yeah. And Michael Thompson went on the radio saying, "If he's if Clay is traded to the Timberwolves, I'm going to have to talk him off the ledge." <laughs> Hmm. That's yeah, a good sign. That's a suicide comment, by the way. That's, that's not, not good. One of us talk, Michael. Not not really. No. Um, but I think um, Thompson is good if you're a casual fan because he scores 18 points a game and he's a tall shooting guard. And if you watch Sports Center, you'll see him on on Sports Center, you know, eight or nine times a year, just going off shooting seven or eight three-pointers. So you think he's a really good player, but if you look into it, he doesn't rebound, he doesn't get to the line, he doesn't pass. Um, lots of things that make a good player a really good player, he doesn't really seem to have. So he's the ex- the problem is he's the exact player that Flip Saunders would think is amazing and would sign to a huge contract and would be the best player on a 24-win team for eternity. So that's what scares me about him, um, and I don't want to happen. So... So is Clay Thomas Ricky Davis? Is that what we're saying here? He is. I mean, he's good. I don't want to make it seem like he's he's just going to be really badly overpaid really quickly. He is the um, – I can't think of an actual player right now. He is the corner outfielder who will hit you like 28 home runs a year um, but has a shitty on-base percentage and no range in the outfield. So he does okay. some things really, really well. The most important things he doesn't do well. That's right. Clay Thompson. Would you say he's Nelson Cruz? Clay Thompson is Nelson Cruz. Yep. He'll hit a lot of home runs. He's a good hitter, but he's in danger of death every time he takes the field. Clay Thompson is Nelson Cruz, only if Nelson Cruz had Joe Maurer's contract. All right. Well, he doesn't have it right now, but he's going to be paid a lot of money by a dumb organization who doesn't understand. Wait a second. We're a dumb organization. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this trade, that's what scares me to death. Time, this trade is going to happen, and they're going to pay him a lot, and they're just never going to be any good because he just he's Nelson Cruz. And that's a bummer. That's a, that's a huge bummer. So, that's a real bummer. We've talked about it before. I'm trying as hard as I can to transfer my emotions to the Sixers, but that is proving challenging and maybe impossible at some point. Well, here's the thing, Brandon. At some point, there's some chance you're coming back to Minnesota, right? Yeah. So one of the things you always talk about is the only reason to watch sports is to watch it with friends and to watch it with people and enjoy it that way. Yes. And if you came back to Minnesota, who are people going to want want to watch as fans? Do you think you're going to find a Sixers bar around here where you can gather around with people and watch the Sixers? You want? Let me ask you: Are you going to find a Timberwolves bar around there? There isn't. If they're good, yeah. <laughs> I'm but saying right now, it's find. Look for the sad people. <laughs> you will never find a group of Philadelphia 76 fans, 76er fans, in Minnesota or in Dallas. My point is, you won't find Wolves fans either. You I'm not giving up on other. it. Why the two orders? I want, for now, I need to have both teams in my life for me to be happy. I'm gonna. It I'm gonna doesn't have... matter, John. He won't. He'll never fall for the Sixers. You can lead a horse to water. You, you can't. He'll never fall for him. You don't it, think it's possible? Nope. You, just, you can't your change your allegiances after you 33 years. You can't make years. a heart love somebody. "Quote unquote," George Strait. I can't make you love me if you won't. 
Bonnie Raitt. You I'm can't. Just, That's why there's I'm songs about it. You, Brandon. you can't you make your heart feel something it won't. You can nope. be a Timberwolves fan, and you can be a normal, well-adjusted person, or you can try to become a 76ers fan, and you're going to be me. You're going to be sitting in your home alone in a darkened room with a TV flickering in front of you. Is Stu playing the recorder right now? No, that would be my daughter. Sorry. Piccolo? What's up, Stu's daughter? No, that would be Piper. She's uh, piping. <laughs> That's a little too on the nose if as a character. Sorry, I apologize. If I was only there were characters. John, I don't know if you just said that I could be a Timberwolves fan and be well adjusted. That's going to make me fucking insane. I can't possibly. Not if you're surrounded by other unadjusted people. That's the point that you've always tried to make with sports is you can't take them seriously because the only thing they're good for is to watch them with other people. So you can either have that or you can have your dalliance with the Sixers where you're interested in how they run as a franchise. So your point is the only reason I'm um, flirting with another organization is because I don't live in Minnesota. Um, I don't. I I can't see into your heart, Brandon. I don't know what you're going for here. I do know that you have to pick a side here. Nope. I get Maybe two you teams. Say that the reason to like sports is because you like doing it with people, or you can say that the reason you like sports is because you enjoy being part of something, whether anyone else is or not. I like both, and I'm reserving the right to do both. I get the Wolves right. and the Sixers for now. But you're no longer allowed to make fun of me for watching niche sports in my basement by myself. That's not fair. That's a that's quite a leap. <laughs> I mean, the Sixers are playing in a very popular organ- league. You're watching, like, high school rugby in Russia. Basically, it's the same thing, though. You watching the Philadelphia 76ers is the same thing as me sitting around watching Six Nations rugby by myself. Yeah, but it's in the league that I love. I love the NBA. I love the NBA. There's enough teams in the NBA. There's two different conferences. My heart's big enough for both of them. That's fine, but I'm just you saying. Can tell yourself. You're just... You can tell yourself you love the Sixers. You don't. You're interested think... in what the Sixers are doing. You don't love them. I know. You're not in love with them. You love what they stand for. I want to love them. Love I feel them. like they're the team no. I should love. I want to love them. They're perfect You're for in me. love with the idea of loving the Sixers. You're not in love with them. God, I love the idea. You never of the will Sixers. be. You're just like you're like Daisy and the Great Gatsby, man. Maybe yep. I could trick myself. I want to love Gatsby. But love know. actually. They made a whole movie about this. Not familiar. Is it good? Rent it. There's there's boobs. There's no, <laughs> there's boobs. Pretty sure. Yeah, Laura, Laura Linney's, I believe. Laurie Linney's like, boobs. Yeah. Like, Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated. Uh-huh. Oscar nominated boobs. Nominated boobs. Oscar nominated boobs. Oh yep. boy, that's amazing. Boy, do I go with that for the title of the podcast? <laughs> oh, that's a strong contender for sure. That's a good one. Um, okay, well, let's move on. I think we've talked about. I mean, nobody wanted to talk about it. So thanks for giving me four. No, minutes. I'm interested. I'm interested to hear what you have to say because I honestly have followed the NBA draft none. I have followed it none whatsoever. And so I'm interested less, to see what's even happen. less than me. Yeah, that's a bummer because this is probably the most exciting NBA draft in at least the last five years, probably since the LeBron draft. Just with so much up in the air and really good players at the top, and trades going to be happening tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to San Francisco on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's the trip I've looked forward to for a really, really long time. I feel like tomorrow night I'm almost as excited about as that trip. 
That's what I'm telling you. It's going to be fucking insane. Yes, it's going to be great. Fantastic. I want to take just a minute. If we're done with NBA draft talk, I want to take just a minute here and talk to Stu and find out how his first couple days at NPR have been. Yep, that's what we want to talk about next. Really? Yeah, we want to talk to you. Oh, well, they've been good. I've enjoyed it. The commutes haven't been terrible. You know, Lowry Tunnel on the way down and on the way back, and, like, between Albertville and Rogers is just a nightmare. But beyond that, it's been fine. Okay, all right. Um, you wearing a full suit? The actual job itself is fun. I am not wearing a suit. I okay. don't have to wear a suit. I can wear jeans every day. Oh, yeah. That's mm. great. So I can go. I can't, like, drive in a truck and take pictures of ducks and trees, which would be awesome. Yeah. But, um, oh, you'll you know, get there. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get not there. For everybody. That's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. it, takes, it takes some doing. Yeah, but, I put uh, in the work. I mean, it's not something they just hand yeah, exactly. out. Exactly. So. You, put, you put in the hours. No one's denying you put in the hours. Well, John is, but I'm not denying <laughs> so. um, That's fine. But, yeah, you know, you work through it. But, yeah, it's been uh, – I worked from home today, the third day of my job, which was fun. Jeez. So, day three, yeah, you're I like, know. fuck it? I'm not coming in? Um, or was this No, uh, my boss – my boss who tells me what to do because it's kind of like you know a breaking in period he had to uh, get his elbow checked out because he like threw it out playing softball uh-huh. like d-league <laughs> softball the four guys so um i just uh stayed home and uh worked and uh a lot of html and all that type of jazz do we so. know your boss john mo um uh, no, 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 no. He's not my boss. Um, oh, Andy it. Cruz, who's a fr- uh, friend of Patrick Donnelly's, friend of the podcast. Ooh. So, but yes, Shout nice guy, out. despite being from nice, very nice guy, despite being from Appleton, Wisconsin. So. Yay! Well, I thought he's, he's gonna be from Appleton, Minnesota. He's right got some for, secrets. Some skeletons no. in the closet. Like a Barrel Valley Eagle down there. So, Stuart, how is yeah. uh, how is meeting in the new coworkers, the handshakes and the glad handing and all that? Did you tell them I'm from a sportive pod? Did you any of that any I, name drop? Don't all? bring that out. No, that's a card you keep in your pocket. You really yeah, that out until the happy hour when things yeah. get boring and you pull that out and people are just kind of like flocking. you know if you have a cop friend and you get pulled over and you don't you're like oh crap how much should I drink and should I call in the favor should I call in the favor yeah right. you don't so know. that's just a that's just a a. a, a Tool in the tool belt for you to use exactly. later. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's the mm-hmm. it's the Danny Santana of things. I'd save um, it, yeah. Stu. Uh, we called you in here today. We checked your uh, browser history. You know, I mean, <laughs> really save this one for a big moment. Yeah, yeah. really need to dig deep. <laughs> uh, Andre the John Giant pictures. <laughs> and did you? Why res- would you care about that part of Andre the Giant? Well, you know. Stuart, did you receive any uh, welcome gifts or anything like that? I did. I did. I got a box full of uh, chocolate-covered uh, pretzels. Uh, my very first uh, interaction at the office was checking into the front desk of the building, <laughs> and I said, oh, you're new here. You also have a package. <laughs> and it was uh, addressed to Stu uh, DJ at the Sports Fist Dojo in Waconia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one of you or one of our <laughs> listeners did it, but um, I laughed heartily, and uh, it was very, very funny and uh, quite delicious. I'm not going to lie to you. Good, good. No, I, I don't like think these, these white chocolate pretzel like clusters. Uh huh. Oh my god, they're good. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that any coworkers. Yeah, or make I, I, friends. I, 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 I shared them with the boss. I'm not, not dumb. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think we have any any clue that that was happening. We were yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't it know who that was. Yeah, let's just assume it was Wade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, in I'm a way, actually, I, in a way, it probably was Wade. Yeah. Well, I'm sending him to be my ambassador at the L, uh, the uh, USA Germany game tomorrow. The soccer drunkening. The soccer drunkening at Liquor Lyles. I, you're going, right, John? Yeah, I'm planning to take an awfully long lunch tomorrow. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it, it goes fairly quick. You got the 90 minutes. You got your extra time, which is determined by, you know, like Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, I think, is what it <laughs> determines the the extra <laughs> time. <laughs> they just don't a villager and how long, however long it takes him or her to die. That's the five <laughs> to four minutes you get. So, Does Shirley so. Jackson get royalties and stuff from The Hunger Games? She ought She oughta. I mean, that's... You know, basically the whole plot of the book, they just add, like, fire and good-looking yeah, kids. And Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson, who's really good in those, by the way. He's the only part of those I enjoy. Woody Harrelson has really turned around into, like, everyone thinks he's the best American actor going today. I don't yeah. know. I think McConaughey's got that title. Yeah, but who would have been on Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey being excellent actors that everyone loves? Pot, man. Just been... Smoke enough pot, at some point it all turns back around. How did we just mention Matthew McConaughey and nobody did a Matthew McConaughey impersonation right there? That it's is too easy. It's too easy, man. I'm disappointed in you guys. We go for the joke beyond the joke. That's that's how we roll. That's how we do it. And the joke also, beyond I've... the joke in this case was pot. What a thing. Yep. That's what they're saying. Kelly, 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 and that's uh, how we roll, boy. But All yes, right. it's a very. I'm really enjoying it. It's um, you know, I'm thrilled to be employed again. It's I'm having a very very enjoyable experience, and I hope it continues. That's awesome, man. It's fun to have jo- a job. So please don't make that Hitler joke that gets me fired. Is what I'm saying, Clarence. <laughs> I can only do what I can. I know. Stu. I don't. Yeah. I, I know it's hard to. He's just one man. Yeah, you can't make any promises. Okay, well, just just try your best. I'll do, I'll do everything in my power. Thank, thank you. Is, is it getting sort of weird that now we have three people on this podcast whose real names are out there, and we talk about our jobs, and we talk about our personal lives, and then there's just this mysterious fourth member to the podcast about whom we know nothing except that he hates tacos, and who actually just... plays into the bit and sits in the dark, even though he's yep. dialed in. He literally sits <laughs> no, in pitch black when we times. talk to him on a video screen. We can all see each other, and black. It's a little weird. No, Clarence? Not weird? Well, that's, I don't know what you guys are going to do with any information I provide. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long... Now that Stu's with MPR, you think I'm going to go over and above now and just divulge more information? Are you crazy? The long con. We're moving in. If anything, I'm going to stop going with the video screen. Yep. At all. Even a black Double down on filth. Yeah. (laughs) Double down on filth. I like it. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, I think we've rambled enough. What do you guys think? Should we be done? Done. I do. I'll just add one. Are you guys watching the College World Series right now? Yep. I actually of, are you? am. 
So did you see Vanderbilt's reliever come in? Did you see him run no. in? I did. So yeah. you know how I did. Well, did you see, did you see him get caught? Yeah. That yeah. was pretty good. He's, they're all trying to you know, be tough guys. This is their one moment on television and Huffing you know, all and relievers they and... come out of the bullpen. Yeah. Oh, here's a, here's my moment. I'm gonna come running out of the bullpen and run. Sleeve gets caught on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yanked back. It's oh, this crazy train is playing. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, oh, oh my god, my jersey. Oh my god, my jersey. Oh, it ripped. Oh my god. John oh. Rocker in it. Just. Oh ripped. no, it's oh, not ripped anymore. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for the poor guy. No, I'm free. Sprint. <laughs> Tough guy. <laughs> Just do it right now. Oh, no. Yeah. That was Anyways. Good. I liked that. That made me happy. Oh, I suppose the twins are on. What am I doing? Oswaldo yeah, I... just hit a solo ding-dong. Ozzy. Shut up. Our guy. Yeah, finally He's out of the, the din. Yeah. All right. Yeah. When he strikes out four more times in this game, you guys are going to be real disappointed. Yeah. Well, to to bring it full circle, so Ozzy Arcia's one home run it is basically, uh, oh, what's that guy you said made one good play, and that justifies him being uh, Donovan being left off the roster is because oh yeah, Yedlin, yeah, Yed, whatever. Yeah, I think John Yedlin, Brooks is please. who you're going for because that Yedlin guy actually played like a lot of solid minutes. John Brooks is the guy that, that just said be. the one. Yeah, line. so maybe it doesn't work. I don't have any idea if Yedlin did anything else. Well. Never mind. It doesn't work then. All right. Well, uh, let's get going. Um, go USA. Go Timberwolves. Yep. Go, go, USA. Wa- go Wild. And go Wild. Go uh, whatever the name is of all the people that are going to be drinking at Liquor Lyles tomorrow. We miss you. We love you. Did you enter the, it? US, the USA v. Germany Facebook group, I believe, is what it is. Yep. Buy a Star Tribune tomorrow, too. Ah. Are you right. in it? Yes. Awesome. All right. The, the the dead tree edition, the dead tree. Well, assuming Mike Rand remembers to print what I sent him. Okay, well. <laughs> so stop the presses. He leaves it. He puts it in. Right, I'll check the bulletin board section of the Pioneer Press website. <laughs> Just like Homer Simpson, stop the presses. How many yeah. copies is your dad gonna buy tomorrow, John? Uh, he'll just go with the electronic edition that he gets every day. Oh, all right, all right. Good for him. Uh, Moving into the future. He can be part of the new greatest generation with us soccer fans. We'll allow it. He reads the paper on his iPad every day. He's moving on up. Okay, he's in it. He's in with the new generation. Okay, that's enough. That is absolutely enough. Um, God bless. Love you all. Goodbye. Bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.